Welcome to the Dr. Lori Morris podcast, where she interviews experts in health and science, sharing their expertise so you can live your healthiest life. This episode of the podcast is proudly sponsored by Fit Vegan Coaching, the world's leading whole food plant-based body recomposition program for Gen X and baby boomers. Founded by Maxime, whose personal journey began after losing his ex-fiance to breast cancer, Fit Vegan Coaching is on a mission to disease-proof the world through the transformative power of plant-based eating and fitness. This program is the Rolls Royce of plant-based coaching, offering all-inclusive services, personalized plans, world-class accountability, lifelong support, and more. Say goodbye to the yo-yo dieting and embrace a lasting transformation that will rev up your metabolism even post-transformation. Ready to take charge of your health and vitality? Head over to fitvegan.ca, that's fitvegan.ca, and mention Dr. Lori for exclusive bonus savings when you sign up. Don't miss this opportunity to join the movement towards a healthier, fitter, and more vibrant you. This episode of the podcast is proudly sponsored by The Healing Kitchen, your path to vibrant health. Immerse yourself in the transformative program, guided by the combined expertise of myself, Dr. Lori Marbus, and Chef Brittany Giroudi, who has lost 70 pounds on a whole food plant-based diet. Here's what's in store for you. Virtual weekly sessions. Engage in an immersive 60-minute virtual session every single week, where you'll delve into the world of wholesome plant-based goodness right from your own kitchen. Cooking with Brittany the first half hour. Unleash your inner chef as you're captivated by Chef Brittany Giroudi's culinary mastery that will delight your taste buds and nourish your body. Medical Q&A with Dr. Lori the last half hour. Prioritize your well-being during the second half hour. I will personally address your medical inquiries, providing evidence-based insights and personalized advice, empowering you to make informed choices for your health. So join us on the Healing Kitchen to help you step into a healthier and most vibrant future. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marvis, and today we're going to welcome an entrepreneur in the plant-based space um, from well-being, Caroline Israel. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm Glad good. Yes. Well, thank I'm... you for joining us. Yes. Thank uh, you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's always fun to see people trying to move the needle and have, you know, bring business to the plant-based space, really promoting health. So I know that's a challenge in of itself, especially in this food space, it can be really competitive. So let's, can we start baby back with just your own journey into the world of plant-based eating and then how the, the whole evolution of well-being started? Okay. Well, we're going to have to go way back in time. <laughs> we're going to go way back to, uh, to 1988. In fact, before many of your viewers were probably even born. Um, and I was in an undergraduate, uh, at university of Arkansas. And, and I, I read an article in a little local newspaper about uh, eating animals, you know, using animals for food. And that prompted me to read uh, Animal Liberation by Peter Singer. And then uh, I had grown up eating animals. My my grandparents raised chickens and pigs and cows. And and uh, my grandfather always wanted me, you know, wanted to give me a calf to raise. And even when I was a child, I knew there's no way I could do that because I loved animals. And I was like, there's no way I can raise a calf and then, and then sell it, you know, uh, for slaughter. So I'm, I'm really glad that I didn't do that. Um, 
that would have stuck with me for a long time. But uh, anyway, you know, I was raised eating animals and didn't give it too much thought until I read that that article and then read Animal Liberation. And then I've just never looked back. I mean, I went vegetarian then and there and then vegan, you know, shortly thereafter. And uh, but like most college students, I was not concerned about my health. I was just concerned about animals. And, and so I, you know, just ate a, a junk food vegan diet. But over time, as I aged, and, and also as I dealt with my own food addiction, and especially sugar addiction, mm-hmm. I got more concerned about exactly what I was eating, you know, it became more important that it was health promoting and not not just about the animals, but about my own health. And, uh, and so that's, you know, sometime in my mid 20s was when I really started trying to uh, take more care with what I ate and, and then also get a hold of the the sugar addiction. It was just a constant struggle. Uh and caused me a lot of grief for many years. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess it was in uh, the early, let's see, it was probably around 2005 that I happened to come across and I was struggling, you know, with my food addiction and uh, I was looking into fasting and I came across Dr. Furman's book, Fasting and Eating for Health. And I was not able to stick to the fast, but he talked about, you know, nutrient dense eating in that book. And then I, he had just written, it turns out, um, eat to live. So I got that and I was like, oh my gosh, this, this really resonates. And I'd read a lot of books about vegan eating, but I was still struggling with the the sugar addiction and I was constantly looking to fix that. So um, when I read eat to live, it really resonated. I loved the science approach that it was all about the science and really not about the animals at all. And I, but, but yet it still came to the same conclusion that eating animals is not helping us at all. Uh, We're animal products. And, um, but we needed to focus on high nutrient, uh, you know, plant-based foods, not just, uh, being vegan alone was not enough. So when I was able to stick to his, uh, recommendations, my, my sugar, uh, craving started to abate, um, a lot, uh, and they didn't go away completely. I had to, there was another piece that I had to come to, uh, to, to really get over that, which was, um, uh, cognitive behavior therapy. Mm-hmm. applied to food issues mm-hmm. and that is what really that combined with dr Furman's recommendations really finally tipped me over to um sane eating and mm-hmm. uh i still feel relieved when i think about those times uh, those many years decades actually of sugar struggling with uh, sugar addiction and the mm-hmm. constant push me pull me of that and yeah. sometimes slipping off my vegan um you know, sometimes going to cheese because I still had a cheese addiction, you know, when I was in that addictive phase. And then I felt really horrible about that because, you know, that wasn't in alignment with my animal values. So right. those were, you know, bad times. So, um, so anyway, I finally, you know, somewhere starting around 2005, almost 20 years ago, I really started uh, cleaning up my, and you know, eating healthier and, and became unaddicted from sugar and, and other food. And, uh, and then, um, I was actually living away from California at that time. I was living in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, but I moved back here and then my friend Patty, who was Wellbeing's co-founder, she, uh, was still was struggling with eating well and had some health issues. And I was always telling her she needed to eat more beans. You know, I was really, you know, onto her about the beans. You gotta eat more beans. You gotta eat more beans. So anyway, one day she, um, sent me a text and, and she's a working mother, although her kids are now 
uh, teenagers and one of them's out of the house. And, but, but at that time she, you know, had two young ones and, uh, she, uh, had a full-time job and was always looking for convenience and beans were not convenient. She thought, so she texted <laughs> me and she said, um, we've got to make a bean bar. Mm. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. Whatever. Uh, I didn't really take it very seriously, but we started messing around in the kitchen or I did mostly. And, um, and here we are, you know, mm. five, five and a half years later. Mm. So do you mind if we delve into your story just a little bit? Cause I think it'll be yes. relevant for a lot of folks. Um, yes. Fantastic. So when it comes to the food addiction piece, right. Cause this isn't a recognized DSM four, like there's no diagnosis code I can put for a patient on food addiction, but it's a really prevalent issue because of our yes. food environment and everything. So can we, can we speak a little bit? So you, you took care of the physical addiction piece, right? By eating more nutrient-dense foods, but I think it's so powerful what you mentioned the CBT because the mental piece really is, I think more important sometimes than the physical addiction, because if you don't have this right, it's really hard to get everything else right consistently. Can we talk a little bit about what that process was like for you? Like, what did they say or do in CBT? How did you respond? Like, can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's really amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, CBT is is amazing itself. I mean, it's the most highly studied form of, you know, psychotherapy. And it's kind of the go-to treatment for, you know, depression and anxiety, especially social anxiety and uh, even um, insomnia. It's it's the number one uh, treatment for insomnia. Uh, uh, and it turns out that it's highly beneficial for food, you know, for food addiction or even I would say you don't have to be called yourself a food addict to benefit from uh, strategies from, you know, CBT strategies. Um, and I did not go to anybody for my CBT, I sort of did it on myself, um, mm. but but it wasn't for lack of looking because for years I, I tried one person after the other who considered themselves either a food addiction specialist. One time I even checked myself into an outpatient drug rehab um, program because I was so desperate. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, the people running the program were were food addicted. You know, mm. uh, they yeah. and they you know they had a great heart but they they also struggled with food so they did not understand how to help somebody you know get free from from food and of course i went to um food addicts anonymous and all those and i tried many 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 and i tried a bunch of kind of wacky wacky things like tapping and uh you know um uh, <laughs> you name it and I, and I probably tried it and tried different supplements and all, all kinds of stuff uh but yeah, it wasn't until, until um, I started really uh, focusing on the whole foods and not any, you know, I think before I read Furman's book, I was still eating cereal, you know, boxed cereal or whatever. And I, you know, now I know that that was not helping my food addiction at all, eating, mm. eating stuff like that and eating processed vegan foods. Um, but but then I came across uh, the book, The Beck Diet Solution, which I highly recommend. And it's written by Judith Beck. And she is the daughter of um, uh, Beck, whose first name I can't remember. He died a while back, uh, but he is sort of considered the the person who kind of brought uh, cognitive and behavior techniques together. Um, the father of cognitive behavior therapy. Uh, I can't believe I can't think of his first name, but anyway. Um, 
So that book, so I really, when I read it, I, I said, okay, I'm going to do this for real. And I did. I mean, I really did it. It's got, it's got, a, you know, a lesson for every day for like 40 days or something. And I went through the book several times mm-hmm. and, uh, and it was, it's not a quick fix. It's not an overnight fix. It's a, it's a, it's a long-term um, commitment and, you know, uh, change, the way change happens is slowly one, one bit at a time. I mean, overnight change almost never lasts. And a lot of people know, know people who lost a lot of weight all at once and then they gained it back um, because that's hard to maintain. But when you make um, small changes in thinking and behavior every day, then that creates lasting change over time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's what I did. And, uh, and I'm very pleased. It's, it's a relief. <laughs> Not that's to- awesome struggle with that and so now you know i um occasionally i will have a, a real i call it the hard stuff a real sugar <laughs> the hard stuff yeah the hard stuff um, yeah which i which i never make myself anymore i mean i why would i when i really like my my stuff better ever anyway but every now and then something will happen i'll be somewhere i'll come across something and i'll i'll eat it and and there's no addiction you know um i'm not uh i don't think about it the next day actually usually i'm like hmm you know, the first bite tastes really, it's like, whoa, that is wow. But after a few bites, it starts just overkill. And I'm, and I start to, I start to feel kind of gross. Like, I wish I didn't do that. I don't really like that anymore. Yeah. So, um, but it took me a while, you know, a while to get here. And uh, I, you know, just encourage people to, to stick to it, you know. Well, that's, that's fantastic. No, I, I really like that in ACT therapy, the acceptance commitment therapy is kind of like a, another iteration of CBT works great because you're really approaching the thoughts and values and removing the emotional attachment. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, great. This is great. Another resource I'll dive into the Beck diet solution. (laughs) So always looking to help patients. Um, Yeah, don't don't take her a dietary advice. She does, (laughs) actually, she has another book later where she actually tries to recommend certain diet but you know it's based on standard american diet thinking Mm. so so i would say apply you know whole food plant-based eating to you know this yeah yeah absolutely got it um you know i I, it's you can speak uh to someone right you looking at solutions that's what i started this podcast all those years ago is because i was looking to try and figure out how are people being successful in overcoming you know changing their diets, losing a significant amount of weight, all these things. And so now it's just like an evolving learning. It's just stacking on top of each other. So it's, this is fantastic. Thank you so much for letting us dive into that a little bit. Um, so can we talk about well-being? Like, how did you decide on what type of beans? How did you come up with the recipes? Like, how does that even get started? I know you were playing around in the kitchen, but that's all the beans. That's amazing. Like, how yes. did you get this going? <laughs> yes. Well, I had been playing with bean desserts for a long time anyway. And, and my friend Patty and another friend of ours, they would come over on Friday nights and we would uh, have bean cake. You know, it would make us like some kind of, you know, healthy meal. And then we would have uh, some kind of cake made from beans. And that would be the main ingredient. And so, uh, you know, I was determined to get those beans into Patty and, and into myself too, obviously. Uh, and I loved, I still love dessert. Uh, so, um, I thought, you know, why not get it all, all at once? So, yeah, so I had some, a lot of history of playing around in the kitchen. And, uh, mm. when Patty put me to the task, I just, uh, 
got to play around in the kitchen even more. And uh, this time with, you know, Aurora for the, the greater, the greater world at, at heart. And we, you know, we just tried all different kinds of beans. And now we, we have six different beans that we use regularly. So um, they all behave differently. It's very interesting to see how they are, are you know, are different in, in, uh, in the bars. And uh, it's been a lot of trial and error. And, you know, our most popular bar, the Almond Fudge Brownie, that was the hardest thing. And we thought, I thought, how, how can you go wrong with the chocolate bar? And yet that thing took a lot of work. That's probably, mm. that was probably the hardest one, but we really have it dialed in now. Mm. <laughs> so you, you were playing in the kitchen. How does this come from a prototype in the kitchen to an actual business? Can we talk a little bit about what were your steps to moving the needle to have this available for other people? Sure. Well, let's see, you know, we did the usual stuff, like we got a business license and Patty is an accountant. So she, everything is by the books. I tell you, she, uh, you know, uh, won't do anything unless it's, uh, you know, on the table and, and above board. So we, we started off, you know, with a business license and we also went to, um, score and I forget what score stands for, but you know, it's a, an organization of retired people who, who basically mentor, uh, people who are, trying to start their own business or whatever. So, awesome. um, so we went to score and we got a couple of mentors and, um, and that was helpful. So we met with them regularly for a while and, uh, and, and that really helped us get, you know, get going and, and helped us, you know, figure things out. Uh, you know, we were pretty clueless about, about this. So, and, you know, we had to get, um, we started out just selling locally. So, um, and California has this thing called the cottage kitchen. So we were able to get, uh, Patty's kitchen certified as a cottage kitchen, which means you can make and sell, make stuff in that kitchen and sell it, um, locally. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. Basically. I think the rule is you just can't ship it. You know, you just, it has to be something you, you know, you don't ship and you just, so, so, you know, it was, it was mostly local sales. Okay. But um, so we did that for a while and finally, you know, got to the point where we uh, were ready to sell online and, and then we had to get our own bill. We were going to, well, we uh, actually for a while, we tried um, to sort of sublet a little uh, kitchen and a little vegan cafe. Uh, and that was very difficult um, mm. logistically, you know, um, it was crazy trying to uh, get our stuff in there, you know, only in a small window of time, we had to get all our stuff in there. And, uh, and that was crazy. So anyway, we finally uh, started looking for our own space. And that took a while. Uh, because Morro Bay is very small, and I hate to drive. So, <laughs> so I was like, we're gonna stay in Morro Bay. But anyway, we right. finally found um, our, our first little own kitchen, and we, we set it up. And, and it flooded last year, actually. Uh, oh, so geez. That was a bit of a headache. But yeah. our we have a guy who helps us, and he was on it the very next day, actually cleaning up. And um, we didn't, we had a little, we had a little damage, but, you know, uh, not terrible. It could have, could have been worse. But, um, and now we're actually in our, our second uh, kitchen of our own, um, which is within walking distance from my house here. Oh, and, nice. um, uh, that has, you know, has had its own set of problems, but we're, I think we're finally getting settled in there. Uh, but 
Yeah, there's a lot. It's it's a lot actually. If Patty hadn't been in it, I, I would never have done this by myself. That's for sure. Mm. There's just way too much, way too many uh, roadblocks. We run into a lot, a lot of roadblocks, and and it seems like I guess when one of us is down, the other one takes up the slack. You know, <laughs> basically. So um, yeah, it, it it's a lot. I'm always. I'm sometimes I think to myself, how does any small business do it? Because you know, there's a lot of regulations. Understandably, I mean, there's a reason we have regulations is to keep people safe and to keep the environment safe and all that. Um, but it it's a you know it's difficult at times. Yeah, yeah so. absolutely. So are the bars? Can we walk through like the different type of beans? Like what? are the nutrients, how you chose them, what are the challenges with each of them? You kind of mentioned they, they react a little bit differently. I'd be curious to, to learn about those. Right. I hope I can, you know, I don't know if I can tell you specific ways that they're different. We just know that we'll, we'll try, um, you know, when we, when we're first developing the bars, we would have to try different beans, you know, we're like, this doesn't work. This doesn't taste right. Patty, <laughs> Patty actually has a, a very, a much more refined palate than I do. Because it all tastes good to me. To me, if it has dates in it, it's like it's a sweet dessert. So I'm like, mm, that tastes good. Like, no, it tastes kind of. I taste the beans, or it's a little bland, or whatever. So she, you know, even though I've been the one in the kitchen making the stuff, she's providing her taste buds, uh, her taste bud feedback, and that I think that has helped definitely make make the bars better. Mm. But um, well, you know our. I, you know, I think the main way, well, one way, like I chose black beans for the almond fudge brownie because they're dark in color and, and it makes it look uh, like a rich, uh, fudgy chocolate bar. You know, like if we'd used navy beans, it would not have that dark. Um, it, it would be, you know, it would be brown because it does have cocoa powder in it. But uh, so in some cases, that's how I choose um, that we chose the bean is kind of the color of the bean mm. um, and what what we were trying to you know, come up with, um, you know, the other thing that's different is, is nut butter. It's like, it's interesting. It's fascinating to me how they, it seems like, well, they're all roughly the same amount of fat and protein and what have you, but they really behave differently. And, um, peanut butter, in fact, we, we've discovered that our peanut butter flavors just tend to be dry. And I, we, we tried to figure out what, what, what is the variable here? And it seems to be peanut butter, or that's the common denominator in these, in these dry, drier ones. And I think that's interesting. I don't hmm. think of peanut butter as dry and yet, um, but it is a legume. So I wondered if, you know, is there something about it? Uh, I think it's higher in, in carbohydrate, uh, than other, than other nut butter that are true, true nuts. And that, mm. I, I don't know, but, uh, and the other variable, uh, our most difficult, uh, variable in this, in, in making these bars, cause we, we make everything ourselves is the date paste. Cause that, even though that's really the magic ingredient that allows us to do it, allows us to make a bar that is sweet and it sticks together and, um, you know, and dates are, are a superfood, really. I mean, you can certainly overdo it on, on the dates, but if you're going to have a treat or um, a, a snack, that's a, that's a good way to go. Uh, but we've been using the same supplier really the whole time. And, and it's amazing. Of course, dates are a natural food. I mean, they're just a natural fruit. So, you know, of course, they vary throughout the season or throughout the year from season to season. And, and that has really caused us a lot of problem. Mm. 
and we don't um, really, you know, we've worked with food scientists and we still are trying to figure out how do we manage the, um, the variability of this date based, <laughs> this right. is our main ingredient. So, yes. and we recently tried another date paste and that was a fail. And, and mm. all our customers are benefiting because they're getting free, um, free chocolate <laughs> peanut butter nuggets right now. Because uh, they still taste delicious, but they're just very firm. So we always right. say just stick them in the microwave for a few seconds and it softens them right up and they're quite delicious. But uh, anyway, now I have a new appreciation, a renewed appreciation for our original date, play, date pace uh, provider because, um, it, you know, it... Uh, it does the job and we just have to continue learning how to work with it. Wow. So any orders you're hand making each of these? We are, well, we make them like today. Patty uh, is there at, at our, at, we call it the Wellbeing Palace. She's at the palace right now making lemon poppy seed actually. So, um, you know, so they'll make um, like 1800 bars today. Wow. Yep. Yep. Okay. Jeez. So that'll is last us a couple of weeks or so. And um uh, and then we'll, and then we'll make more. So, so we make, you know, when we make bars, we usually make about 1800 and, uh, and luckily we have capacity to make more, you know, we'll, we can, we can easily make more when, when the demand calls for it. But, uh, and when we make nuggets, we make about, um, I think it's 300 pouches because the nuggets have like four servings of nuggets per pouch. So, so we don't make as many and they're a little more labor intensive, but, uh, Anyway, yes. Can you describe a nugget versus a bar, what you have that on your website here. Yeah. So yeah, a bar is gorgeous, a regular bar. It's almost about two ounces. And then uh, the nuggets are just little squares. They're about, I think they're like an inch and a half square. And you get three squares per serving. So three squares equals about a bar. And, um, but they're just in little squares and it's in a resealable pouch. So you can just eat one square if you can. <laughs> Some people have written to us and said, Caroline, I'm sorry, but I have to cancel my subscription because I can't stop eating them. And I'm like, I know, I get it. And I, I do, I do get it. I, I, I don't, I don't fault them at all. I'll say, you know, I, that that's the, the benefit of the bars is that that's an, it's a lot for a lot of people. It's an impediment if they have to actually open another one. But if you have a whole, you know, pouch of um, 12 nuggets and they're, right. you know, it's only ziplocked clothes, then it is, can be too tempting because they're super good. And yeah. yeah, it's whole food plant-based, but, you know, I want people to eat their real food first. Uh, you know, people should eat their salad and their beans and their, you know, and their cooked veggies and their, uh, and their fruit. And then if they still have room, um, they, you know, they need more food. That's a great place for a well-being, but well-being should not take the place of your beans. Hmm. So now that we kind of talked about, you said what you like, I know you had mentioned you like to to help people transition or discuss that. Can, can you highlight some of the things that you like to encourage people to do if they're new to the whole food plant-based diet? Well, um, yeah, actually I'll tell you something that uh, the other day I was watching Dr. Gregor, he was on, he was in one of his webinars and he said, um, there's one thing that if you're, if you're trying to make a change to, towards a healthier diet and you just want to do one thing, then that one thing should be eat beans. So it's like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> beans. Yes, so, yes. So I would yes, say yes. that, I mean, uh, you know, most people, not everybody, but most people find beans, you know, tolerable. So I, I think that would be a great, a great way to, to start to, um, you know, eat more beans. And is this a good place to talk about the benefit of beans? Yes, please. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Be beans are, 
they are, if you were looking for a magical pill, it really is the bean. Um, and I wish our government would push and promote beans as much as uh, they do, you know, medications or, you know, um, or, or the medical profession should be promoting beans and not statins, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but beans have more fiber than any other food. So a cup of beans has like 12 grams of fiber. And for whole food plant-based eaters, that's not really that much. I mean, I think 12 grams, what's that? But for your average <laughs> American, right. Which is I mean, I forget, I get, I don't know, like 75 grams a day when yeah. I calculated it. Uh, but for your average American, that's a lot of fiber. Um, so that's, I probably would not recommend that you start off with a cup of beans if you're not accustomed to it. But yeah, that's the average intake, 12 to 15 grams of fiber a day per American. Just that's it just per day. Like I'm I like, I get that. that much or more in like in a, meal a third a... of my breakfast. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that is fascinating. And, but me too, when I was, before I was eating this way, um, yeah, when I would count up my fiber, I, I was trying to get 25 grams or whatever the recommendation is. I was like, okay, just a few more grams here. <laughs> and, wow. But now, um, but yeah, obviously eating this way, um, yeah. you get plenty of fiber. But luckily it turns out that just eating 20 grams of fiber uh, or of beans a day, which is less than an ounce. It's not, it's not very much. It's like a tablespoon of beans, um, decreases your chance of death by seven to 8%. Mm, so amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So just half a cup of beans, uh, a day would decrease your mortality by like, um, 30 to 34%. That's really mm -hmm. a big drop. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, there's all kinds of re studies. I was looking at some earlier, uh, just to prepare myself again with some more factoids here, but, um, <laughs> There, the research is crazy on beans. I mean, you're yes. really, as long as you don't have any kind of um, problem, you know, with beans and any kind of allergy, then there's no reason not to eat beans. And for people who uh, have a lot of gastric distress, I think the trick is to just slowly increase your bean intake. You know, yes. just, you might even only start at one tablespoon a day yeah. and then gradually. And in fact, when I first started eating this way, I really just jumped in, you know, full, you know, all, all the way. Uh, and I had a lot of gastric distress for like a year and a half. I was, um, <laughs> my, my belly was like swollen, but I was like, I'm going to do it. I don't care. <laughs> and then, and then I guess my gut bacteria adjusted or whatever it is that happens. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now I'm good to go. Another tip with that is start with lentils. So I tell people okay. if ever you're cooking with dried beans just use the indication of how long you have to soak them so lentils don't need to soak so those are the easiest to transition first and then move into kind of the little and save black beans those type of beans for last because they it takes are. you know if you can think about the time for soaking that's the time and and you do you start with the maybe it's just a, a tablespoon or a quarter of a cup or whatever and just go slowly but beans are my go-to for everybody it's like it's great protein it's great for your blood sugars it's great for your cholesterol yes um, yes all that all yeah so it's good. crazy not to do it yeah um they they're high protein everybody's mm -hmm. into the proteins or they're high protein they're high fiber they're yes. it's a low glycemic carb yes so what's not to love about this i i don't know what's not to love i mean i grew up on beans because um you know, my folks didn't have a ton of money. So we ate according to the budget and the budget was always plant predominant just because it was cheaper. And we, I mean, I eat beans most days, every single day. So when we transitioned wow. to plant-based, I was like, eh. 
this is like just more beans. Great. Um, so that was, that was to my benefit, but yeah, no, the beans are such a fabulous food and how fun you get to be a bean advocate and put it in a way that it's even more delicious, well, not more, but different delicious, but make it more of a desirable dessert. I mean, how yes. fun. Yeah, that's what I know. It is fun to um to think about. Yeah, eating something uh, that's really yummy. That's like a treat, and and still it's it's you can feel good about it, and you and you get a half a serving of beans. So yes, it, it's kind of fun. But you know, as I said, I do encourage people to. Uh, this is not a substitute for your your regular beans, um, because it it is a calorie dense food. Well being is it's not a low calorie food. Uh, and uh, I think it should be used, you know, thoughtfully and not not in place of uh, your other your other foods. But, yeah. But, the, you know, this would also be really good for, let's say, if you're traveling or if yes. let's say you have uh, a good example is, you know, I work with some families that have type one diabetic children. This is a great food for them. Right. So it's got, you know, some their blood sugars are tend to bring a little lower if they're running out the door this is a great thing but you have sure. nuts you have the beans you have yeah it's a little sweeter but bring it up so really great resource can we talk a little bit about the different products that you're offering like what your service is how can someone we'll have can we'll have the links and everything but can we just talk a little bit about everything because i i know you have like mug muffin mixes and yeah, i'm like intrigued thing. you're going to be getting uh -huh. an order from me later today so <laughs> uh -huh. yes Yes, that that's actually a new a new kind of product for us. That, well, we released our first one back in uh, I guess it was in December, early December, and that was the chocolate cake flavor. Um, so yeah, you put it in a mug and put in a little plant milk and mix it up and put it in the microwave, and you have a little um, muffin. Yeah, it's it's super cool, and um, awesome. you know, and you can depending on how how hungry you are. I mean, it's the smallest serving size is you still get a half serving of beans. And of course it's sweetened with date, um, mm -hmm. you know, date flour. Uh, and it has some whole grain in it. Like it's got buckwheat flour and what else is in that? Um, I don't have the, it has a lot of ingredients actually, because we also had to put baking powder in there, you know, to help it. Yeah, and we had to, um, let me see it says ingredients yeah, um, yeah what, what, what's in there i'm and like i'm looking on another one actually I'm, I'm working on another one so i've got my well if you ever need anyone to try out your flavors feel okay. free send okay. my way um I'll make the sacrifice <laughs> yeah i'll sacrifice no problem here we go it's not very it's not a that's uh dates black beans cocoa Oh, yeah, almond beans. flour, flaxseed, cow chips, buckwheat flour, baking powder, of course, potato starch, things for that. And then vanilla bean powder, or that's it. Yeah, yes, that's right. Yeah, and the, yeah, the flaxseed, I mean, that's another, it's actually, it ends up being, uh, I think it's seven grams or a tablespoon of flaxseed. So it's, uh, wow. you, you know, you get a, a little dose of flaxseed there. Um, yeah. yeah. And then we have... Um, Fiesta Chipotle, that's our second flavor, and that oh. one's pretty yummy. Uh, it's, it's savory, of course, not uh, not sweet, uh, <clears throat> and that one um, has a little bit of a bite to it. Not too much. I would have liked more more spice, <laughs> but you know, I, I think I like mine a little more spicy. But we had to we had to take it easy on the spice. But um, uh, yeah. that one's also made with black beans, and then it's got yeah, it's got the buckwheat, and it's got I think it's got cornmeal. And yeah. black seed and some almond meal. Yeah. 
I mean, these are actually pretty low fat considering you got, I mean, like, so I don't want people, you know, we have nuts and stuff in here. It's only six grams of uh -huh. fat, which is what about a quarter of that. So 54 calories or so is from fat and it's low saturated fat or zero saturated fat when I'm looking through. So yes, this is a be, fantastic yeah. product. Um, yeah, because yeah. it's got it's got almonds and flax seeds. So those are the two. And we put that in there. Mm -hmm. Well, the flax to kind of hold it together, like act as, as an egg binder kind of thing. But um yeah. and, and also for the health value. But uh and then the almond meal, I put that in there for um to give mm -hmm. it some 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 kind of moisture and uh a little, you know something yeah it really we we did a little it didn't take us that much really to get the recipe that we were satisfied with you know um and again patty is like well i think it needs a little this or that or the other and then i make some changes and then i give it to her and finally she's like yeah okay so then we so now we're working on our third one which is uh peanut butter blondie so i'm kind of excited oh, yeah I'm kind, of, <laughs> kind of excited about that one that's another sweet one and then we're going to have another one um falafel and, and a customer Ooh. emailed the other day and said can you make a nut-free one you know um and i was like oh okay so because i actually already have the falafel recipe for the most part but now i'm gonna experiment with it and see if i can make it nut-free because i forget that there you know there are so many nut allergies mm -hmm. out there so that that one will have um you know tahini it's it's got like a uh well it's got basically sesame seed you know ground sesame mm -hmm. seed basically um and uh anyway i gotta i'm gonna play with that and see if i can make it without without the almond flour because that's really the only nut in there and there's not even that much in there so surely i can make mm. uh you know make a nut free mug and flour maybe or something yeah i just want to replace the you know the that fat gives it something gives it a little i forget what i don't know what the word mm. is but so i might yeah. try to just replace it with the the tahini the or the sesame yeah. flour um maybe that will be Maybe that'll be good enough. Maybe yeah. that'll be better. Actually, it might taste more falafel-y. That this is yeah. There's so many products. This guy's you definitely should check this out. It's amazing. I'm literally going to be. I'm already salivating. So I'm like I'm like the Pavlog dogs. Like mm. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't it wonderful though to salivate over foods like this? I mean, mm. you know, when I was growing up, well, when I was first trying to eat more veggies. I mean, I grew up eating, and my grandparents always had a a garden but but still all the veggies were battered and deep fried like fried mm. okra and fried yeah. squash and fried yes. potatoes everything <laughs> was fried or uh smothered in thousand island dressing so uh, <laughs> when i started when i started trying to eat uh healthy vegetables blech, <laughs> that was yucky and it took me uh, a while uh, yeah. to but now now i love it i mean you know, people always say, oh, I can never eat like that, but they don't realize that your, your taste buds, it's, it's all about your taste buds. And, mm -hmm. and every person in this country uh, or in the world is just a few uncomfortable weeks away mm -hmm. from enjoying this way of eating. Mm -hmm. um, and it is uncomfortable um, for a while, but if you can just get past, if you can hold the faith mm -hmm. that um, your taste buds will change, because that's really all it is, is the taste buds have to change. And then you'll enjoy your food just as much. I mean, I enjoy my food now just as much as I enjoyed those McDonald's happy meals when I was, you know, growing up. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, and now I can salivate over a fresh head of romaine lettuce if I'm hungry. I'm like, mm. oh, that looks good, you know. Um, so it can happen to everybody. <laughs> and I love that how you put that. It's like you're just a few uncomfortable weeks, but honestly. It's, it's amazing because I think there's so many other benefits. People feel more energy. They sleep better. So it's not even so much uncomfortable in the sense of, yes, your taste buds are adjusting, but you feel good. So there is some nice balance, I think, right. as people transition. Um, this is great. So I always get these questions. So I'm going to ask, can you share with us what you eat on a normal day-to-day basis? Because people are always curious. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. So what I eat is... Uh... I, I've, I've rearranged it um, in the past few months, but because um, I eat pretty pretty much the same thing every day. I mean, the vegetables and fruits might change, but I eat very consistently. But so for breakfast, I have a pound of cooked vegetables. Mm-hmm. So every every Sunday, I make a big pot of soup in my instant pot, just all veggies. I use the frozen Costco veggies mostly because it's such a good deal, and a lot of them are organic and uh, it's easy. So I just put all those, I saute, you know, water saute some onions and then um, put in my, put in one can of tomatoes and then all my veggies. And then I delve it out into small little cute little containers and put uh, a couple of them in the freezer and the rest of them in the fridge. And, and I eat that uh, as part of my breakfast. And then I also have a fruit, you know, fruit and flax um, Mm. with my breakfast. And then I'll usually end up having a little well-being or, or so, or, or I might test out a muffin uh, to top it off, um, you know, one of our mug muffins or something like that. Uh, mm. but then for lunch, I have my giant salad with beans and anybody awesome. who, who knows me knows about, you know, it, it's a pound of, um, raw vegetables. And usually I start out with four ounces of power greens, you know, the Costco power greens, the spinach and the kale and the, what is, what else is in there? Chard, maybe I forget, but, um, it's like three different greens. And then, um, you know, then I'll, you know, tomatoes and bell peppers and some more and raw onion and, uh, you know, some grated carrot and or purple cabbage and all that, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's like a whole pound. It's a huge amount of raw veggies. Uh, and I have that, I have a, a corn tortilla from Trader Joe's, one of those uh, just plain, you know, corn water and lime tortillas uh, with beans. And then I have my beans on top of that. And then I have my salad on top of that. And usually some avocado or some, uh, I love tahini. I've gotten to where I love to just drizzle tahini uh, on on anything really. <laughs> but you you know, like on my salad or on cooked veggies, I love, uh, I, I love I love tahini. So that's what I have for lunch. And for supper, I'm not as hungry at supper, so I tend to uh, do different things where I'll just have a, a little something. But I guess the main part of my supper is usually a smoothie, mm. uh, and I have a little. Um, add in with some uh all the the vitamins and minerals that you a friend of mine makes this uh makes this little add in kind of for me personally has a little extra calcium and you know my vitamin d and my b12 mm. and uh, you know some zinc and iodine and those things uh mm. so i have this uh smoothie at night and uh nice. that is the main you know and then again there might be some well-being in there sometimes i'll make some a loaf of whole wheat bread uh, I don't eat much bread, but sometimes I will make my own loaf of whole wheat bread. I made it this seeded, I made a, a seeded one the other day. It was so yummy. And I'll just have a slice of that with my supper. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't eat that many grains really. Um, 
I do focus more on the beans and the other things, but I might, yeah, if I had some, some wheat bread or some Ezekiel bread, sometimes I'll have something with some Ezekiel bread, but, um, yeah. Oh, that sounds fantastic. And yeah. you're kind you're doing it nicely. Like you're, you're eating less in the evening and your bulk of your meals are yes. during the day, which is fantastic. Um, yes. naturally that's a, your body responds better that way. So that's fantastic. So yeah, yeah. I'm definitely hungrier earlier and I work out in the mornings. Uh, mm. I, you know, I either go to the gym and lift weights for an hour or I, um, go out on my street strider, which is like an elliptical. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah I, I love that. that thing. I didn't get to do it today because it was raining. So I had to go to the gym and get on the elliptical, but um, <laughs> I love the street strider. That thing is such a good workout. I mean, oh, wow. Yeah. I, I love it. I, it, it like uh, when I'm on the elliptical at the gym, I, um, it feels like I have to work hard to get my heart rate up. But when, mm. as soon as I get on my street strider, my heart just shoots up and it stays up for 45 minutes while I'm just wow tooling along and i i don't know what it is but i i love it i it, it well just subjectively it feels easier even though my heart rate is up there you know when yeah. i check my stats later i'm like whoa i got i, I topped out you know at least that's, once and uh i didn't even really realize it that's so, fantastic I love that thing. you're doing active life you're eating well you're sharing this with others so all i can say is thank you for being a great uh example of, of what your life could be um so that's fantastic thanks so much yes i definitely enjoy it it's fun uh, yes yeah so any last uh bit of advice or thing you'd like to share before we um end our conversation i, I just want to say to people to keep trying um mm -hmm. even if you fail you got to keep trying and that that's what i did i failed many many times in my efforts to get myself free from compulsive eating and uh i felt hopeless uh, and all that many times and yet I, I still kept trying and and i finally and i finally did it so i think that would be it if you try one thing and it and it fails uh, or you give up or please don't let that be the end of it keep, uh, keep reaching out and, uh, keep, keep trying. Mm. I think it's a beautiful way uh, to share. You should always keep trying and don't, um, feel bad or have shame or guilt for trying to live up to some perfection. There is no perfection. It's just a journey. So thank you again, Caroline. This was fantastic. We really appreciate you.